Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Dara. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Dara. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Dara. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm not too nervous, um, just a little bit, which I think is appropriate. It's good to have a heart beating. Um, I, ju- I just want to start out with, with the, uh, the numbers and the dates and all that kind of stuff and get that, all the business out of the way. I came into program in uh, October of 1998. And it took me nine and a half months to become abstinent. So for you newcomers, if it doesn't happen overnight, like, you know, the Sermon on the Mount and everything like that, that's fine. This, this is a program that requires time because it's, it's so much unfolds. It, it's, it's unbelievable. So I just didn't know that in the beginning because I struggled with what abstinence even met, uh, meant. Um, but I did find out, fortunately. Um, my top weight was somewhere in the 170s, and I've been maintaining something like maybe 50, 55 pounds um, uh, weight loss, but it's something that happened progressively. Um, it's been going down just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, which is a lot better than the way that I used to do it before program. So uh, just to say a little bit about what it was like, I don't think you're going to be hearing anything that you haven't experienced yourselves, um, but um, just to kind of give you a little bit of an entree, I don't think there was any time in my life that I was not a compulsive overeater, and retrospectively, I think that what I did was just use food as a way to overcome uh, feelings of loneliness and anxiety and, and depression, which I didn't know then. And, and more and more, when I, I look at the way that I manage things, the way they used to be, and I realize I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and just understanding that sure takes the burden off of having this expectation that I should have known that. We don't know until we do, which is a, a really great thing. And I'm so grateful for that. So I used food as a drug. It didn't work. It made things Worse, and what I had developed was this ability to be very um, sneaky, because in my family, which I had a great family, loving parents, they wanted me. I was not an unwanted child. Um, I had a um, a brother who was tall and lanky. My mom was very weight conscious and was very clear about that, but she never had a weight problem. My father, however, um, struggled with his weight all his life, and he did. This is back in the 50s. So he did a lot of things that were not so helpful for him, like amphetamines and such. So I really never had a a healthy idea of how I fit into the family, who I identified with as who is my role model here. But boy, did my brother, he he reminded me, as he's eating a half gallon of ice cream, reminded me of of who I was in the family. And... um, it took years. Well, what I'm going to be talking about in a few minutes is 
the progression of that relationship, of, of how things can change, because I was pretty certain that he, he along with my grandmother, who lived with us, were the cause of any of my problems, and, and my identity, and this <coughs> being this fat person. So, um, yeah, I'm sticking around for the miracle forever. I'm never leaving this program. So, um, um, it's kind of hard to squeeze in, in a, you know, in a few minutes, everything that happened over the period of many years. But what I know is that I belong in this program, that my identity was so wrapped up in my physicality that I don't think I really got a sense of who I was, because if I needed to be a certain weight and a certain size and I wasn't, then who, who was I really? And I remember that the way that I, the way that I saw other girls in elementary school is that I thought there was me being chubby. There were a couple girls who were kind of, you know, big, but I didn't identify with them at all. And every other girl looked to me like they had the exact same tiny body, which is such a strange way to perceive the world. But I can see that that reductive thinking, it, it didn't leave any wiggle room for me being in either one of those categories, nor understanding who it was, who I was. And um, as that, as time progressed and, you know, going through junior high and high school and um, beginning to develop, starting to, to date and being around boys, I, looking back on that, I realized that because I didn't know who I was, I became whoever somebody told me I was or was not. And, um, I'm, I'm really proud that I made it through that, you know, and I think all of us are, that the struggles that we went through when we were younger, somehow we found these rooms, somehow. There are people who have not been so fortunate, so um, I'm so proud and grateful to be here. Um, what I'm not proud of is, um, I guess I was in my 20s, and um, my mom, who was probably worried about me being overweight, she... <coughs> She and I did Weight Watchers together. Thank you. And um, I was going through some belongings that I have. I'm, I'm getting rid of clutter now, which is also a great thing. It runs parallel to uh, my experience in this program. And I came across this little gold key. It was the, the, the Weight Watchers key that you get when you achieve your goal weight. I achieved it because I was taking amphetamines. And that's a secret that I didn't share with anybody until I... Um, gave my, my fourth step to my, my first sponsor. So I'm still not certain whether I should hang on to that to remember or just let it go, but that's a story for another day. So um, what, what I found that would happen is that whenever I would lose weight, I would gain weight back and then more. So it's this whole up and down thing. And, and for years, I really did not understand who I was intrinsically because I never got to a point where I could ask myself that question. The focus was always on my size, and I was certain that anything that didn't happen, if I was excluded, if I felt uncomfortable, that was the reason why. There was no thought about a future career, hobbies, anything that had to do with something that was not the physicality. And I get now that that's as far as I could go. That, that was it. And um, 
I, I, I believe now that the whole purpose of being here on this planet is it's here to have experiences and to learn. And really understanding that on a deep level is, I think, was my first foray into understanding what humility was. Because if we knew everything the minute that we came onto this planet, why would we even need to have this experience of being alive? So um, the women in my family live to ripe old ages, and I hope that I, I'm privileged with that same, uh, that same experience. So um, I'd like to, to skip ahead to how I got here. How I got here is I was, um, my weight had gone up. I got into these really great pills that were called Fen-Fen. Maybe some of you remember Fen-Fen. So I, I'm hearing some recognition there. Anyway, I went from being pretty big. Speaker holds hands up to indicate large size of body. And uh, in a short time became thinner than I think I had ever been. And I was so consumed with that with that whole process that I was convinced people were treating me differently. I was convinced that I had become different. Excuse me. Speaker takes drink. And um, at that same time, the, the best thing that, that could have happened is I got laid off. So here I am, a, a newly thin person with no job and a whole lot of time to focus on me, page 86, selfish and self-centered. That's what I did. And I remember one day I noticed these little bones in my shoulder, which I'd never seen before because when you when you're heavier, you don't see bones. But there it was. And I was convinced that it must have been bone cancer or something horrible. And um, I know it's, it's true, but it's, it's very sad. So, um, so I went to a doctor, and she was pretty smart, and she knew who she, was, who she had in front of her. And she sent me to a psychologist who was also pretty aware of what was going on. And she just told me, you need to go to OA. So I did. This is in the fall of 1998. And I think I was just so crushed and so disappointed in, in everything that I had um, endeavored and not really done anything that I had a sense of um, worth. I had no sense of worthiness. And I, I, I remember that I was taking a workshop somewhere and we were supposed to write. They just asked us a lot of questions. And I remember that one of my answers was, when I walk into a room, my first thought is I want to say I'm sorry, which is a horrible, it's a horrible way to feel about one's person. And I look back at that now and, and I think the best thing that has happened to me is to walk into speaker pounds on podium, don't do that, um, is to have walked into these rooms and to be in this program because I have so much compassion for that person who that's as far as they could take themselves. So um, so I came into program. I did just what I was told. I found a sponsor. And at that time, I was in my 40s, and I only went to women's meetings and um, meetings where there were a lot of young women because I didn't really have a sense of being a mature person. Not that I wasn't responsible. I worked and I did all those things, but I didn't really understand so much about life. And um, sometimes I think that that time is wasted, but I know that that's not, that's not the case. I think 
that had I not gone through those years of um, doubt, of unworthiness, that the hunger to be something different, to find a different way of life, maybe wouldn't have been as strong. The gift of desperation. I think that just that sums it up. So, I'm sorry, how much time do I have left here overall? Okay, great, thank you. 25. 25, okay. Yeah. Speaker loses track of time. <laughs> so, um, okay, coming into program, the serenity prayer. I don't know about you guys, but when I came in, I said that so often. And I became so aware of how many times I was spinning out and I felt bad, whatever. But I said that prayer over and over and over. And, you know, now when I think about it, it's, well, that and the first three steps. I'm, I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over you. I'm powerless over the weather. I'm powerless over the economy. I'm powerless over my husband. I'm powerless over my dog. I mean, every part of life, I, there's anything outside of my skin I am powerless over except for my attitude and my willingness to, to choose, to make a decision to turn my life and my will over to a power greater than myself. And um, coming in to this program at that point in time, I think that what was so great about it was understanding concurrently what humility was and that being willing is based on that humility because when someone thinks they know it all, there's no room for more. And I think I spent a lot of time thinking I knew what to do. I I knew I'm going to do this fast, I'm going to do this thing, and it's all going to be fine. And that that was not the case. So... Working those steps, and, and as a daily practice, I do my best to, to say the serenity prayer first thing, and, and just to, to thank God, just for letting me have this life and to have this experience. Um, prior to the program, I wouldn't have used that word based on how I was raised, and I certainly wouldn't say it in public, but I thank God for being here. The word is just a place saver, and that's it, and I... Um, it's, I almost feel like I've, I come out of the closet when I do that, but um, that's that's the truth. So I have a choice to turn my will in my life over to this power greater than myself. I'm able to be willing to do the things that are uncomfortable, to take contrary action, and nine times out of ten, the very thing that I need to do is that thing that is the thing that I don't want to do. Kind of like speaking in front of people, maybe, on a Saturday night. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah. And I mean that with love in my heart. But um, I, I think when the biggest changes came for me was working a fourth and fifth, giving the fourth step away and doing a fifth step and beginning to see the harm that I had done. Because that's a very difficult thing to see um, our egos my ego didn't didn't want me to know that I was doing something that actually had an ill effect on someone else and boy when I got to that point that's that w- that was the big turnaround and I think that's when the weight started coming off when I before I would 
do something that was a reaction and wanted to go get something to eat, somewhere between my hand grabbing for that thing, and I'd think about God, and that was all it took to just put my hand down and, 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 and acknowledge that there was something else that was going on. And, and I remember someone saying that if you want to know why you're eating, just stop. So that seemed to work also. But um, it, it's, a, it's been about the forgiveness. And that's something that has taken 20 years into program to have that actually happen. My grandmother lived with us, and I resented her with, with so much... I'm, speaker clenches fists. I, I was certain that she was the person who had ruined my life. What's my total time left here? Oh, my God. Okay. So, um, in, in going through the, the steps, and I, I remember reading a letter to my then sponsor um, about my grandmother. My grandmother's been long gone, so I couldn't deliver it to her. And it was the first time that I could feel that the, the pain and how sorry I was. I, I was sobbing. And it took, on top of that, it, it took until recently for me to realize that um, what had changed. I was lighting Hanukkah candles, and my grandmother was the one who used to say the prayer in, in, our, in our home. And as I started doing it, I said, this one's for you, Nanny. I love you. And I, I just... Because it was something that happened so um, organically, and it was real, and I, I, that was just a few weeks ago, that that could happen to me is, is, is the greatest miracle of all, because I'm, I'm free from that, and she's free, and um, to have that change of heart is all I want from life now, because I, I see it in you know, I see it in my husband's eyes when I'm causing harm to him, and it's it's being a part of humanity. It's just me seeing what it is to be a person, and it's a very hard thing to put into words. This ineffable thing, but it's it's so it's why we love our dogs so much. It's why. We love babies so much. This basic thing that, that begins from this beating heart that's so simple and basic. And, and why I have needed to blame and resent people all my life, I don't really know why. It's not important. This last fourth step that I did has been so rigorous that it's been... Um, well, my, okay, let's go back to my, my brother, my tall, lanky brother. Who I also had some issues with. He, he, my brother moved away several years ago, so we don't get to see each other very much. But he was down here for Thanksgiving, and um, he he was doing something. I don't even remember what it was, but he made a comment about um, how he was being. He said something negative about himself, and I just looked at him and said, "That's just part of your charm," and I. 
it, it was the first time that I really saw him as a human being who was not my enemy. And that has been something that's changed my perception about so many things, about me not having all these enemies. I mean, when I was asked to speak here, and I was asked to speak at a couple other meetings in December, my first thought was, yeah, but that's because everybody's out of town. You know, no one's going to be here, and they had to find someone. Yeah, no one's... A speaker notes, there. this is a room full of people, <laughs> you know. But but that's my thinking. It's, it's the thinking that's the problem, being a victim or being um, just not given the fair shake or, or, or whatever, or a sense of exclusion. And I, I think it's so funny to have that notion. So being in program, that thought turned into, I was asked to speak at a meeting to be of service. That's what we do for one another. We come into these rooms, we share our experience, we, we learn, may not like what the speaker says, but at some point, it's like, oh, I remember someone said this, and yeah, that seems to be true for me. This is a program of a community of people who are so brave, and I'm so honored to have in my life this community, to, to walk into these rooms and, and feel like I belong, even if I've never met you before. And um, I remember at my first meeting when I heard people talk about what they did with food, that, okay, thanks. what they did with food, their relationships with food. I'd never heard anybody talk that way, and that was such a huge turning point. So, I mean, who doesn't want to be welcomed into a family, you know? Um, you guys are my family. We may never meet, never know each other's names, but we are family. So, I think forgiveness is, right now, that's the most important thing that's up for me, is, is forgiving myself for all the resentments that I, that I harbor, and, and also for understanding that if something happens and I feel like I'm being uh, the victim of someone slighting me, I, I, I instantly stop and I can see where I've done that very same thing. Nobody needs to tell you. Nobody needs to walk up to you and say, this, this, is, the, this is your problem. You would only do this. But when you get it, when, when you feel it, there's a choice. I can change. I can open up my heart. I can open up my mind. Or I can stay stuck. And um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my biggest weakness and my biggest problem is what brought me. What is what brought me to these rooms. Um, is that relevant or? No, okay. All right. So um, the, the one thing that I do want to add is is that um, I think that that the function that food served for me up until it stopped working was it it it, it tamped everything down. It tamped down the feelings, but it kept me from speaking up. And, um, and now one of my bigger problems is the words that come out of my mouth. The food worked. It, it caused a lot of damage, but it, it's, there's this synchronicity that, that has happened that 
of being of being ready of having enough content and substance and humility learning from you guys I, I, I learn from what you say and what you do watching you change and and having all that to make it safer to to be out in the world and not be so worried about what's going to come out of my mouth and and what I want to end with here is first of all I think it's a great time to be a woman I'm I'm so grateful to have been born when I was because the changes are coming rapidly and I'm finding I'm finding my voice I'm finding all the things that I think I pushed away because I was too busy worrying about what you think about me not about what I think and not even what I think about me but what do I think about what's going on in day-to-day life and in, in anything that happens and it may seem like a small thing but I think I, I think that we each have so much inside of ourselves and capacity for greatness in, in, in one way or another and while I'm in my addiction while I'm in that ism and I'm so focused on who I am and what somebody else might think of who I am, I'm, I'm of no good to anybody. There, there's, no, there's no intrinsic benefit for a person who's got their head, I can't use any profanity here, but anyway, doesn't have their head on straight. So um, I'm, I'm sure that I'm, I'm missing something here that would be a good take home for someone, but all I know is that I stand in front of you, someone who, this is what I'm not thinking about right now. I'm not thinking about what you think about my body. That, that, is an, that was the most important thing. Looking at photos of myself and tearing them up because I didn't look at, I don't care. I don't care. All I hope is that as a takeaway that, um, that something that a fellow shares reminds you how important you are and how much a difference you make to me. I can't do this alone. And um, I think that's probably a good place to end because I'd really like to hear what you folks have to say. So thank you so much. Okay, good, good question. Did I lose my weight right away? And what tools did I use to change my food? Um, no, no, I did not lose it all right away because I was, at that point, I was gaining weight from all the weight that I had lost from the fin fin. And, you know, it, it happened, I went to a workshop and this woman was talking about forgiveness. Oh, this, thank you so much for this question because you're tying this up. And she was talking about how we could forgive anybody. And I remember asking her later, even my grandmother? And, and she said yes. And that's when it started to happen. That's when I started thinking more about my higher power. And I remember, I don't even know how much later it was after that, but my pants were getting baggy. And I hadn't been on a scale because really it's not encouraged to do that. And... Um, and I did, and it was a significant amount of, of weight loss. So at that point, there was no conscious thought about about that. 
but um, I use a basic food plan of three, uh, three moderate meals, two snacks. The first snack has to be after 3.30, not before. And um, then I've met with dietitians and such, just a basic, you want details about, would that be helpful? No. Okay. Well, I think this part's really a good thing to know. You've got your plate of food, half of it's vegetable, other half is, a quarter is protein, the other half is carbohydrate, and that's it. Simple. Okay, the question was, if I ever get into body obsession, what do I do about that? I have to be really honest with you. I don't think I'm ever going to think that I'm... I don't think there's going to be a complete day from morning to night that I'm ever going to think I'm thinning. But there's this thing called reality. Thank you for asking the question, because that's something that I actually wanted to say before, is that... Where I really want to be is in reality, not where I think things, I want them, I don't want, I don't think that things need to be the way I want them to be, and I just accept them as they are. And what I've been doing lately is um, just kind of getting that I'm, I'm in a, my body is in a size that I've never really had before for any extended period of time. And to just get the reality. It's like, just have some appreciation, Dara, you know? Just be grateful that you're wearing stuff that you you always wanted to wear a belt. Now you, you can wear a belt. You know, I think it's, it's really a lot of that, just being grateful. And I'm, this is, nobody asked this question directly, but I, I, I do want to add this part, that one of the things that I'm so grateful for is accountability to a sponsor and I have a, a, a friend who, um, she came up with this idea of exchanging gratitude lists every day, for the most part, every day. And doing that, you know, waking up or at the end of the day thinking about the things I'm grateful for, and doing that with some type of accountability has made a tremendous difference. The question was asked, how do I use this program to deal with my husband? Um... First of all, it's a challenge because he doesn't, um, he eats differently than I do. So, on a good day, I just do, I just eat the way I'm going to eat and let him be. And um, I'm on the phone a lot with my sponsor about that. That's, I, I don't really have an answer for that. And doing fourth step. So, do I have a spiritual practice and what does it look like? Good question. I, I do. I am... Um, I don't do this consistently every day, but after saying the serenity prayer and the first three steps, I do my best to sit down in a quiet room, and I do some prayer. I say I say the third step prayer. I say the seventh step prayer. I say the set aside prayer, which kind of is a nice way to clear the head. And and then I just go into a quiet meditation. If if there's something that I 
need some guidance with, I'll ask for that. Or what would you have me do today? Um, what is it that I need to know that I don't know? I think that comes up a lot. What would you have me do? The 11th step, basically. And, um, and then I just sit quietly. And um, usually around 20 minutes. It makes a big difference. Thank you. Okay. The question was about managing resentments and what do you do in, in the moment so you can live your life. Um, there are different kinds of resentments and things that, that happen. Um, there, there's the kind um, where it's just this instant, this instant thing where the wrong words come out. And that can pretty much be addressed. Um, gee, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Then there's also the kind where um, I've stepped out of line, and the next day or so, I talk to that person and, and, and apologize. I'm having a hard time with the deep resentments. And we're supposed to be honest here, right? I'm, it's with my husband, because he is my mirror. He is there all of the time, and I see myself so much in him. So... I almost feel in a way like there's this dual personality that I can be so critical of him. And generally what I'm finding is I'm so critical of him because he's doing something, like if it's procrastinating, okay? If he's not doing something when he said he was going to or he's letting it go on, and I'm angry at him, what comes out of that? is how angry I am at me. So that's a tough one. Now, the, the, the good news with that is that the relationship is strong enough for us to work through things like that. But my, my biggest fear is that I'm... Okay. My, my biggest fear is that I'm going to react in a way that is, will be unforgiven, which is motivating me to do a lot of work on that now. It's, it's hard. It's, 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 I think it's, it's very difficult. Because any resentment is always about me. Any time that I'm upset with somebody, some other person, place, or thing, it's because of something within me. And I don't know if that addresses your question. Thank you.